Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, y'all. Welcome. It's time. Regular season is over. It's playoffs. It's go time, baby. The most wonderful time of the year. It's, it's go time. Welcome to this week's special edition of the Temple of Hoop podcast, the playoff preview, and NBA regular season award edition. As always, I'm your co-host, Coach Mabels, a.k.a. J. Mabels, here with Kings. Kings, what is going yes, on, man? Doing good, man, in the Windy City graduation uh, weekend. Are you, you in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bad, bad. That's why you're uh, your sister, right? Yeah, yeah. Congrats, man. Congrats to the fans. Thank you, thank you. All right, I'm not gonna lie to you. These uh, these all NBA teams, man. I, I was stuck between having a way. <laughs> we we'll going deeper into it. I was stuck between having a way games played versus impact. That's what it came down to. <laughs> so for me, you got for me it was rough. also for me it was also like positions too. Like who's gonna be in what position. That was another factor to to consider. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I think the Caius tweet that uh, Embiid had qualified for power forward, and I was like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> but he's not a power forward on mine, so it's, it's not that. But I was just I read that, and I was like, "That doesn't track." I don't think he played that many minutes with Dwight. So anyway, man, let's uh, we're gonna finish finish with the All NBA teams after, but let's uh. Let's start from the you know the less glamorized awards and then let's work up from there. Uh, first off, um, who's your most? Give me your uh, the top three you had for most improved player and then your winner. And then let's uh, get it rolling from there. Right for me, most improved player. My top three is Randall, Grant, and Michael Porter Jr. I think these guys had the most noticeable gaps. I mean most noticeable developments and jumps. And uh, for me, the winner definitely having a a hell of a season, both ends the Julius Randle. I think everybody's comfortable taking Julius Randle as the most improved player this year. Uh, That is exactly the three I had to be exact winner (laughs) for the same. Like 
Grant had the uh, had the initial lead as the season started. I mean, we actually had a couple segments on how how uh, you know he embraced the opportunity that Detroit gave him, but it just was hard to it came hard to ignore Randall the last really three months. To be honest, it's just mm-hmm. I think it was just twenty five ten and uh, and six. They said no New York Nick in NBA history has ever done that. Yeah. Story franchise going back some years, so that was crazy to me that no Nick had ever uh, done that. That was nuts to me. And then, like you said, man, doing it on both ends just the the growth is hard to deny, and the load he's carrying. Because then I know we don't, you know, it's hard to we shouldn't, but it's hard to avoid this. But the expectations for what the mm-hmm. Knicks were supposed to be, I think mm-hmm. they, uh, as far as what the Vegas sportsbook had and what they actually won. They had the biggest gap in the NBA. I think I saw, I saw that somewhere from what they were supposed to win versus, uh, you know, what the what they actually did. So, you know, his his role in that is absolutely special. So we have nothing to really uh, argue about there. Uh, shout out Julius Randle. Uh, he's on a team friendly deal. That two years, eighteen mil, looking uh two years thirty two years forty, looking cheap right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a. But, uh, it's, it's coming next year, though. That that that, that max is coming next year. Moving on, uh, rookie of the year. This is obviously going to be a question because I get the two of the top guys miss a lot of time and, and came mm-hmm. on late. So I'm, I'm interested to see where you ended up with on uh, on rookie of the year. So let me know what's up. Uh, rookie of the year, um, man. Uh, I, I, I went with I went with I went my top three. Obviously, the 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 three guys. This is not in order. Three guys: Lamelo, Ant, and Halley. I think that's the clear top three rookies this year. I went biased. I, I chose Ant. <laughs> Taper Woods fan. I see you. I need better. Nineteen ignite rookie. No camp. Forty over forty percent. Forty one percent. What a hell of a second half of the year this kid had. I mean, look, I know LaMelo Flash is passing. Uh, you know, he could score. He could control the tempo a lot. But, man, Ant was our go-to ball handling man for our <laughs> team. The, and the synergy he was building with Cat, uh, like, we just watched the games with him the second half, man. He was controlling our offense. He was leading our offense. Ball handling, playmaking, man, I had to go with Ant. Like the second half he had was just what. I agree. People, I, I, it was special. Like I said, this was a splitting hairs for me. Uh, I have the same three uh, top three finishers with you: Lamelo, Holly Burton, and Ant. I ended up going with Lamelo just with all the cachet that he had built up over right. the season. But I'm not pushing back too hard on Ant. Like that, that second half of the season, it was real. I think it's real to the point where the Timberwolves have to consider, you know, making him the guy and building around him opposed to Cat. That's that's how real it was uh, for me. So I, I think Cat might even be more comfortable as that as that secondary guy anyway, with the with the bigger personality and somebody wanting to take on you know more responsibility. So I think it might work out. So yeah, I went with a uh, Lamelo, but I'm not mad if anybody picked Ant. That's how, or Holly Burton. That's how close it was with the games missing everything. So I think the Kings really got one. So hopefully the Kings will yeah. show something. They got it. They're starting backcourt settled now going to the future. Hopefully they can build out from there. All right. 
You got that settled. Coach of the year. I'll start this one. You get the last two. We'll, we'll switch off here and there. Uh, the top three, mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, was Quinn, Snyder for me, Tibbs, and Monty. Uh, mm-hmm. I, went, I, I went Monty because of the uh, what the Suns did last year, what he's able to build, the big roster turnover. Yes, CP3 was a help. Jay Carter was a help. But it's not, you know, going to compete from the first seed to being outside the bubble. Uh, that says a lot about him as a coach, in my opinion, and, you know, keeping guys, you know, blending veterans and getting these young guys to develop and buy in more into what's going on with the team. Uh, it was Monty for me. Yeah, I had uh, Monty, Thib, Snyder as the top, as a, as a three-note order in that one. Yeah, for me, it's been Monty as well. I've, I've always been high on what the Suns have been doing um, this year. Uh you know, um, the Jazz being a one seed, definitely you, you might have to give up to Snyder, too. I can see the Snyder. And obviously the the thing with Thibs, because of, you know, what he did with the Knicks and the fact that, um, you know, the Knicks being good is good for the NBA and, and all that. But, uh, man, to go from, like, lottery to um, to number two seed, Man, in the West, that's just that's like I feel like in most years that's gonna give you coach of the year. Like, like you know, Jazz were already the Jazz were already you know a, a playoff team last year. I forgot what seed they were. I don't know if they were. Um, I don't know if it was like a, I think it was what the middle like the middle seed basically because the Lakers were one, like Clippers were two. I think what Nuggets were three, no nah, Nuggets were three, right? Yeah, it was a three six. It was three six. Was the Nuggets? It was was three, it, were the Nuggets three? Yeah, I, I think it was. A, I think it was a three six last year because they played the Clippers in, in the uh, in the second round. But but yeah, you know the the Jazz were already a playoff team. Um, I guess them getting the one seed definitely I can see uh, is a is a push for Snyder. But I mean to go from a team that missed the playoffs to a two seed, that's such a big jump. Um, the credit is going to go to CP3. Obviously, he had a big help in developing on the court. But, you know, I'm, but you know, for me, it's just like that's not – CP3 alone is not good enough to take a team, you know, that didn't make the playoffs to a top two seed in the in the West just on his own. Right. Uh, you, it's a combination of factors that, that was able to do this um, and, and what the Suns were building, you know, the approach to the game, the development of, of the Bridges, the development of Johnson. Uh, I just think a, a lot of credit – I think credit should go to Monty. He's my coach of the year. But I won't push back if people have, you know, Thibs or if you have Snyder. I think those two have also done a great job this year. I just think – I, for me personally, I'll take Monty. Yeah, again, it was for me just the uh, the leap from last year. I think there's something measurable with that. Uh, Tibbs, though, again, it wasn't you know, it's nothing, nothing to smile, nothing to laugh at. Quinn, I think, might be punished. Even more, we might be doing it punished because I think more than so than any other team, the Jazz had continuity working in their favor yeah. more than any yeah. other team coming to the season. I think that's part of the reason why they got off to that incredible start. It's nothing to take mm-hmm. away from Snyder. I'm just looking at. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you discuss on the war, I think everything comes into play. So... You know, but he's still a top three in my opinion. He's still he's still a great NBA elite NBA coach in my opinion, based on what he's built in Utah. Even if, like to win that much, when your star players have have noticeable limitations like that, to still be able to to win, even yeah. when you know Mitchell has some things he has to work on, Gobert has some limitations. Even though he's gonna, you know, even on both ends, Gobert has some limit, a little bit of limitations to still win at an elite level. Despite that, I think that does say something about the coach's ability to maximize what's around him. So I will say that in Quinn's, you know, defense. But, again, it was Monty for me. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, moving on up. Uh, this one was interesting for me because I actually do a lot of research before I came to my, my top three. Uh, sixth man of the year. Who was your who 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 were your three finalists and who'd you give it to? I think they kind of separated themselves, uh, especially in the second half. Uh, my top three were uh, Clarkson, uh, Rose, and Ingles. Okay. And uh, I think for the winner, I went, even though a lot of people, you know, pushing back because he's inefficient, but I think just from start to finish, I think Clarkson's been the best six man. Um, some people have said Rose should get it. Uh, some people are making the case for Ingles because he's a better player than Clarkson, which I don't disagree with. But I think uh, Clarkson has done enough from the beginning to end of the season. Yeah, that body of work. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, mine's a little different. Clarkson was on there. I also had uh, took a whole body of work. Trez was on there for me at number two, and then I actually went with Shake Milton. Here's why I couldn't put D Rose uh, on there, even though he's obviously right. probably playing the better than any six man right now. The last couple months, it's just the the whole it, it embodies the whole season, and in Detroit. He just whether it was lack of interest or he not, you know, wasn't motivated, which a lot of vets do right. when they get in bad situations. It just wasn't the same. Once he got to New York, it definitely took off. But over the whole season, he just, I think, and plus I think those, when Lakers were hanging on by thread, when LeBron and AD, I think they were dependent on Trez a lot. And at least offensively, he was he was doing a lot to keep them afloat, even when it's struggling offense. So I, 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 I gave it to Trez. And then Shake has just been solid all season offensively. I think he's right. the second or third lead score off the bench in the NBA at a 13, 14 a game. So that's on the number one seed in the East. 
So he had to get some love for me with the games that B missed. You know, his scoring output uh, picked up the games that B missed. Yeah, definitely. He got, he got credit for me for that, so he was my third. But, again, the whole body of work, I think Clarkson was even the best. Even with a struggle here these last two months, the whole body of work, you got to kind of uh, give it to him. So that's that's where we differ a little bit there. Um, how do you feel about the people saying that you can't have Clarkson and Eagles on the top three? Because there's only one six man per team. <laughs> I mean, that if was that's the case. That you, you, I mean, nobody was. Where is that with the Clippers with Lou Williams and Trez? You know what I mean? Like, ah, true. That's a very for the past like two, yeah. you know, two out of the past three years. Like that's already the precedent for that was already set. So normally I would agree, but I mean, we had the Trez and Lou Will situation already. So all right. So let's you take this one here. I know I, I gave my three finalists for defensive player of the year. You went ahead and made, you know, how did, you did two defensive teams, right? Yeah, I did, I did two defensive teams. Okay, so give me your two defensive teams and then your three finalists and how you came to the to that and then who won. So go, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, for my all-defensive teams, for first team, I took Ben Simmons, uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Giannis, Draymond Green, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, for my second team, I took Embiid, uh, Bam, Butler, Wiggins, and then for me, I put the Laker on. Then I put my guy. I put Dennis. Um, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people are gonna say uh, Caruso because of the metrics. Uh, obviously, Caruso's been a solid on-ball defender. Um, he's also a great team defender and off-ball defender, so it shows up a lot with his metrics. Uh, but just watching the you know watching the games, uh, he he's he's he plays he plays his role very well, especially in the limited minutes that he does play. Um, but you know what what the task that Dennis being that Dennis is being asked to do, uh, very difficult, especially if you're trying to pick up lead guards ninety four. Uh, it's one of those things where people, unless you like actually played hoop, you know, look, I'll put it to you like this: there's a reason why. A lot of people like a lot of the analysts like Caruso a lot. A lot of the stats guys like Caruso. A lot of the people who like, you know, the scrappy plays like Caruso. And there's a reason why a lot of the, you know, more traditional minded hoopers like, you know, would prefer the Dennis route over that. Because, you know, when you playing the game, when you're def- defending, and this is kind of connect with defense, like what constitutes good defense? You know, I mean what in your opinion what constitutes defense? Because like for a lot of the hoopers, the guy who's able to pick up ninety four, go on the island, that's elite defense in a lot of hoopers run. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially when you get to the playoffs when it's a mano y mano type situation, the guys who do the best in those, that's in people's minds yeah, those guys are elite. You know what I mean? The guys who fight over the screens and all that stuff. Like, those are the guys where Hoopers are like, that's great defense. Now, I'm not saying Caruso's not solid at those things, but, you know, when you watch Caruso's film defensively, on ball is not something that pops out with it. You know what I'm saying? The film with Caruso is he's great at rotations. He's great off ball. He's always in position. And he's always, you know, you know, he's always competing at least. The way he fights but, through screens is impressive. Fight, yeah, fights, and fights through screens as well. 
but you you never see it's not a, it's not a situation where you can say, "Hey, Carissa, go guard this guy one on one." We're not gonna give you no help. You, you know what I'm saying? And like, I get it, yo. Like, I get it. It's a new era. You know, defense is different now. I get it. But I'm just saying, there's a reason, like, when people don't understand why there's disconnect, like, people who hoop, they understand the difficulty of being the guy mano y mano. Because that's yeah. what people look at. That's what a lot of hoopers look at defense. It's called point of attack now. They all lump it into point of attack. But, like, that's what's considered, you know, in a lot of people's minds, especially traditional defense. That's what's considered elite defense. Yes, I hear what you're saying. So basically, you're you're, you're pointing to Dennis the load Dennis has to carry defensively opposed to this. Is what they're asked to do defensively. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you know, the load. I feel like, you know, and we, and we play who the load. I feel like is it's harder on your body to be the initial defender because you have to move your feet constantly. You have to fight through screens. You have to take that initial contact. It's harder, you know, doing that physically on your body than, you know, being a guy who comes in for 20 minutes, limited minutes, and not being also not being asked to do much offensively. Right. Like, do you right. I wrote everything down. I saw your first team was Ben, Drew, Giannis, yeah. Trey, and Rudy. Who's that second team again? And B Ben, Jimmy, Dennis, and who? Who's the second team? And, and then yeah, B Ben, uh, Jimmy, Dennis, and uh, Wiggins. 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 So, so yeah. Wiggins. So that's so, that, so so I, I I put that point out, y'all, because my defensive player. That's the logic that's gonna go into the defensive player. Is why Ben Simmons is my defense player, and Gobert and. Uh, and Draymond round out my top three. But Benson is my defense player because of what I just said with that point of attack defense. You know, being but I mean Ben the thing with Ben Simmons is he does that in elite level and also does a lot of off ball stuff at the elite level. So Ben Simmons is just an elite defender all around. But what separates him from a lot of guys is that he's just able, like I said, you're able to say, Hey, go guard this guy and we're not gonna give you no help. I respect you know I respect I respect that a hundred percent, and that's why it was tough for me because that's that's always in my mind when I'm thinking about defensive stuff like that. It is, but I just when I did when I dug into the deep dive, just not even go Bears metrics. It's the on off. Like they're a bad yeah. defensive. They're a bad defensive team when he sits. And, I absolutely agree. And then when he's on, they're they're top notch. I think like that was the clinching factor for me. But I'm I'm not mad at the at the thought process that you took with uh, going to Simmons. My my top three were it was Bam third, Draymond second, and then I went with Gobert uh, number one. Just just you did deep dive into his his defensive analytics. I don't think are perfect, but it was enough to be like okay, it's clearly it's clear how bad this team is defensively when he's off the court. And I think that he's uh, and to be and I agree. Like Gobert has issues in the playoffs with matchups and how people are going to utilize him. Attack him off screens. He got better this year, but it's still something I think that teams are going to look forward to attacking. Yeah, I was going to say, I just, I just really think that when it comes to defense, I just think that there's no coherent thing for defense for what matters most. So to, analytically, team defense is right. the most valuable, right? 
but we see a lot of team defenders. You go to the playoffs and then they get smoked. <laughs> they, can't, they can't hang. They can't hold their own on the island. So it's like it's it's, it's tough, man. I think I think there has to be a better balance of, of what what's valued most, and then I think you have to take into consideration, you know, the amount of you know minutes played and all that stuff with defense. It's very a lot. It's a lot physically. You know, it has to do with a lot of what you're being asked to do physically, so. Right, and I think that even affects guys' metrics. Like, you take the harder assignment every night, it's not going to be – your metrics aren't going to look as good as somebody else's. That's the other thing people don't. Right, and I think and I think Tim said that, you know, Dennis has one some of the highest uh, difficulty matchup data in the league. Yeah, Ben was up there. Crusoe, supposed to the chart. Ben was up there, too, to your, to your point. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you know, Dennis higher than Crusoe. Not that Crusoe isn't high. Crusoe has a high matchup difficulty himself. But you see the point that Dennis also asked to be do more offensively. You know what I'm saying? So when you take into these consider those things into consideration and how well his on ball defense has been, it's like how can you not be impressed with that? As I'm saying, it's like right. like people aren't taking into account these type of things when they're analyzing. But like I said, it depends on what you value most because Caruso's metrics is great. Like you can't right. you can't deny he's a great team defender, so you just can't yeah. deny that. Yeah, I went I with Gobert just because he's the. I'm trying to figure he's the best defensive floor raiser in the regular season. Absolutely. Is that when? I think people, they rightfully so, they push back on this. Because somebody told me, it's like, you know what, Mace? I agree with this over the principal player, but somebody will look look back in 10 years and think because of the awards that Gobert was, a, you know, one of the greatest defensive players. Now you see my point? <laughs> like, we have to figure out what to do with defense. Right. That's, this is exactly my point. Because we're going to look back and we think, man, this guy had to be you no. Know, Man, he was really must have been locking guys down then, or something like that. Like you know Ben Wallace, I mean? like he like he was Ben Wallace. <laughs> yeah, like, like how are you gonna contextualize Rudy Gobert's defensive impact? Because the way Rudy Gobert's defensive impact is like a, it's like like it's like him and Ben is like it's like a it's a different position, different positions, right. but it's kind of similar to the Caruso dance thing. It's like you know Rudy Gobert definitely makes your defense better. Uh, he flows better. He's always in position with guys. And he, he has great synergy, but like I said, man, like it, like it's hard to put Rudy on dudes and be like, stop this dude. But does Rudy? But does but does Rudy make offensive systems have to readjust how they play? Absolutely, I agree. But Rudy's is Rudy the guy where you say, man, we need to stop. Yeah, see, yeah, exactly. Take that. You know what I mean? Like it's right. it's so much different variables with defense, man. It's that's the one thing we're gonna have to work to get right. I think with who I think we've done a lot, come a long way offensively. We severely lacking with measuring defensive impact. I still don't like the defensive metrics everyone cites because I know what goes into them. I can't take them as I have to look at a holistic, you know, uh, view of defense with your matchups, right. what you're allowing those matchups, things like that, as well as your off ball. Your off ball is definitely valuable. Team defense values. You know, you have to just look at it all. And, and think about what you're trying to accomplish defensively, what's your goal defensively, especially when it comes to playoff time as well. So, yeah, man, like, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and that was the yeah, – and I, and I agree. And to Gobert's credit, he's the, – the, to my eye test and some of the numbers to say he's gotten better out in space. I remember we had the nickname, you know, drop coverage Rudy, where he get <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> But, you know, he's gotten a little better there. I'm really – like I said, I'm really interested to see – if the Warriors end up in eight, which I think they will, I think the Lakers uh, are handling pretty pretty solidly on, on Wednesday. We'll get into that later. 
I think they'll end up eight, and I'm interested to see because that that's something that you know Kerr is definitely going to hunt that. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in that situation. All right, here we go. The big finale, the big one. Uh, your top three for MVP and your uh-huh. winner, and just how you came to that conclusion. Let's hear it. Yeah, man. Uh, for me, my top three MVP guys, I took uh, Jokic. Giannis and Embiid, and uh, I chose Nikola Jokic because, you know, yeah, he you know kind of won by default, but even even with all that considered, uh, he's been a consistent MVP candidate all year. Um, he's had the stats to be MVP candidate all year, and uh, he's he's been the engine for the Nuggets all year. Historical year, they have a good seed, three seed. They're in the top three seed in the West, even with the Murray injury. So. You know, all that in consideration, it's a deserving MVP. Um, I don't think just because other guys had stuff to knock them off, I don't think you can say, well, Jokic should have won his MVP. But right. it's, it's, a, it's a deserving MVP because he played – he had an MVP caliber season, and, and he did it from beginning to end. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that 100%. Like, I, I got to the point where it's like people felt like you're like you're just giving it to Jokic just because certain guys got hurt. And I was like, no, you look at his body of work. Even if those exactly. guys were healthy, he would have been in the conversation. Too, exactly. With how special he was. Uh, Giannis was my number two. And Same. also I ended up with uh, – and I had three names tied for number three. I couldn't figure it out, so I just – I kind of cheated. Uh, it was, you know, Steph and Bean and Randall, my, my top my, – my, 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 my third spot. And Bean because, the, you know, the game's missed, but the effect he had was undeniable. I think 30 and 10. I think the first 10 and a half, 30 and 10 since Shaq, I want to say, uh, which is in, in, in impressive. Uh, Steph, obviously, I think the last 26 games, he averaged 37 a game. The Warriors were 15 and 5 to finish. That finish was crazy, man. Just the last 20 games when it got when it got rough, that, you know, we're not chasing wins. And for him to go, they went 15 and 5, and he averaged 37 a game in that stretch. I mean, it's just – it's, it's, hard, it's hard to not throw up with a conversation. Time, man. At that point, with what was on the line for him, uh, trying to scratch at the playoffs after that time he missed, they fell in the hole. And like I said, Randall just doing that. I think Jokic is the only other guy with his numbers in the league, that 25-10 and uh, 7 or 25-10. I think Jokic is the only other guy in the league with those numbers. So it's like it's it's, it's hard for me to, like I said, just, I'm, I'm by bias. He's one of my favorite, probably my second favorite player in the league. But it's, it's hard to keep him out of the conversation. Probably if his name wasn't Julius Randle, he probably would have been, you know, big up to more. Right. But he definitely got – I'll say this. That last month when he started getting that New York media boost, you definitely saw the yeah. love coming. He definitely got that New yeah. York media boost. He's definitely getting a lot more love than, he, than, right. than he's ever gotten. That New York media is doing him well now. Right, right, right. All right, the fun part, man. Uh, we did our best. We know we're going to get some people aggy. <laughs> yeah. So – I'll do my first team. We'll do your first team. We'll discuss it. And second team, second team, discuss it. Third team, third team, discuss it. I'm interested in this first team. We'll do the third team. Like maybe our final cuts. That should be fun to talk about. So my, my first team uh, ended up being Jokic, Giannis, Kawhi, uh, Steph, and Dame. Um, I think Jokic and Giannis were kind of undisputable, <laughs> given what happened. Uh why people might be pushed back as the games missed, but this was his best offensive season in in, 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 uh, yeah. in his career. 
and he got back to he was good last year, but he got back to playing like borderline elite defense. Not his San Antonio days where he was, you know, tops in the league, but he got back to playing borderline, borderline, you know, elite defense. You know, so I, I, I gave him love. Steph again, he he wasn't on my first team. It was hard for me to put a, <laughs> a eight to ten seed there, but then that last you know twenty five games, they went fifteen and five. They went small. They have with that that bet that small lineup. I think has the best net rate in basketball when it's on the floor. A lot of that's yeah. because of him offensively. You know, Draymond defensively, obviously, but then that factors in. And then Dame uh, to just avoid the play in. And then CJ misses a chunk of the season again. He also has been by far the best clutch player in the league this year. The the true super centers, the game winning shots, the, the end of the shot clock late in games. He's been pretty much a superhero uh, late in games. So that meant a lot to me. So that's basically the, the thinking for those last three guys. Who you got? Yeah, my first team, uh, not the same as yours. Uh, That's why we here to argue, baby. That's why we here to argue. (laughs) You didn't have Dane. I think the four of these guys is the same, I think. Uh, You had Steph, right? And you had Kawhi, Giannis, and Jokic. Yep. Yep, so those four are the same. But here's who I took. Uh, And I kind of did this more so because of seeding and the fact I know the media will most likely do this. I had Luke in the first I think I knew you was good. (laughs) I had Luke in. And I did that. I like Dane, but looking at the seeding and how it ended up, there's absolutely no way Luca's not going to be first team. I hear you. I'm not, I'm, not, many, I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Yeah, considering how many games Harden missed, too, you know, there's just absolutely no way Luca's not going to be first team. So I, I had to put Luca in my first team. But I agree with every, every other point for the other guys. Uh, Kawhi Clay had a, has had a hell of a year. Um, I would have had him on my second team all defense, but I felt like it was more deserving guys, and I felt like he's gotten too much rep awards for all defense. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But, <laughs> but but I feel like he will if, if if it's up to the media. I think he will get another defensive team this year, and it's not unwarranted. But I just think it's more deserving guys based on what they've done. But I think the media will give it to him. But he has played great defense this year. If, if I had to, honest, like, you know, to that point, if I had to guess, I bet they would give him, like, I think you got the nine guys right. I bet they'll give him Wiggins' spot just because of the narrative. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, probably I, what I like, would guess. I, I, they would give him Wiggins' spot, you know. And so, or, like, they'd move Jimmy to Wiggins or Den, or Dennis' spot and give Kawhi the forward. So right, right. I can definitely see that being the most realistic. But Kawhi's had a great year. Johnson's had a monster year again. Uh Jokic MVP, and then you all know what Curry's doing this year. Uh, when people ask if he could carry, <laughs> is he able to carry a team? Well, I, you, you know we got our answer. So lead the led the league in scoring. They go into the AC. So, and this is this is with the team being sabotaged. Uh, I'm talking about misguided eight man yeah. rotations, playing a rookie center, not using him properly. Um, so ATA <laughs> DMPs, you know, DMPs for a, a guy who they have, who are they resigning? So uh, he did what he had to do, and they're AC. So there you go. Right. All right. Second team for me, uh, I went Joel and Big center, uh, Randall and PG at the forwards, and then Luca and Booker ended up being my guards. Uh, 
it's not much to say. Like I said, Luca and Dame, that was a last minute switch. I just looked at the yeah. context. But I will say this: after Dallas got off to that to that tough start, and Luca got back in shape, he was incredible. I, I don't think there were five yeah. guys that played better than him, so I, I'll give him that. I think I gave it to Dame because in the clutch, like again, he's just been amazing down the stretch of basketball games. So that, that's why I lean for him too. But I'm not mad at people who have Luca first team. I won't push back there. Uh, PG started off smoking. Again, we we both said that was unsustainable. He was pretty much shooting like it was a video game to start the season. Yeah. Was crazy. The, so I'm not even going to say he started, you know, getting in the playoff. It was just unsustainable to shoot like that over a season. He would have won an MVP if he played <laughs> like that all season. <laughs> so, the Booker, you know, part of it, I don't think he'll get second team, but part of it is – I just think he he getting a lot of really overlooked in what Phoenix is doing because of the the, the, the CP3 stimmy pack that everybody is uh, <laughs> the is, media stimulus is rolling up right now. But I gave it to Booker, uh, lead score, you know, team that ended up fighting for the first seed, finished one game out of it, the improvement from last year. I I, I gave it to Booker, so uh, that was my reasoning for that. Who you got on your second team? Yeah, second team, I got Dame, obviously, because he's not my first. But we know what Dame's done. Backpack the team when CJ was out. Monster in the clutch this year. Um, I had PG and Randall, obviously. You know, Randall, hell of a year. Knicks, PG has had a great statistical year and also done played well both ends this year. Embiid, MVP can. They arguably been one of the best centers in the year. It would have been first team if the MVP wasn't the first you know, a center. Right. And uh, my guard, man, the last guard, if we were saying, you know, best guard that should be in this spot, uh, it would be either, you know, Kyrie or Book. But, again, you know, we're not making these awards. So <laughs> I have to go with who I know the media will choose. And they're going to put CP3 in the second team. Um, do I think he deserves second team? No. I think he's a third team uh, all guard this year, considering the competition at guard. I mean, he's had a great impact with the with the Suns, but their best player on the Suns is a guard. Devin Booker is the Suns' best player. So, but media, stimmy package, CPG does have good impact. <laughs> yeah, gonna be second team. We'll see. I'm on this last team. I'm interested. This this gonna be crazy. So, my third team. I went with Gobert, uh, Tatum, LeBron, uh, Kyrie, and Jabril. <laughs> I went with Trey Young over CP3. He did CP3. <laughs> I know CP3. Oh, I know CP3 gonna. I know CP3 gonna make it, but I'm just like, doing it. My list was like, dude. I think Trey damn near average the last two what it's like at thirty and ten, bro. It's like it's it's certain loads that certain guys are asked to carry offensively. And I've been hard on Trey. And it, it started translating into winning once they got the new coach, man, and he was playing out of his mind. I felt like I had to reward that. I know people are gonna put C B three over him. I respect it. But my last two spots went to Kyrie and Trey. Kyrie, twenty five points a game. Uh, 50-40-90. Amazing season with his shot selection to have be that efficient. Uh, LeBron's probably going to get some pushback too. 
I just look at where the Lakers were uh, when he played, and it is not really – it wasn't really a forward-heavy year as far as production in, right. in the league. Yeah. Like, I mean, it be, it was tough. Like, who am I going to get that spot to? Like, Zion, they missed the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I can't – you know, I can't. So who else would you – at that forward spot? Like, Ben Simmons, I mean, G- G- Jimmy, Ben, Jimmy, Ben, right. but it's like – but you know, Jimmy also had a lot of missed games and the Heat. That's what I'm saying. Really that dominant either. So, so it's like that's why I ended up, you know, kind of seeding to LeBron. And that's going to get a lot of pushback because of the games missed. But when he was there, the Lakers were the number one seed in, in, in or number two seed behind Utah, and coming with a bullet. So that's why I gave it to LeBron. You know, people are going to push back. You know, I went with Kyrie and Trey instead of CP3. I mean, that's what get the people talking, but. Whatever. <laughs> Who's your third uh, team? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got Kyrie, obviously. Like I said, I, I mean, you're just going off production. Who should, who, you know, the mayor of the individual season, Kyrie should be a second team on guard. But you know, that's not just that's not how, that's not how it's going to play out. So Kyrie's going to be third team, in my opinion. I got Brown two third team. They're not going to leave him off. Uh, like you said, for all the reasons you said, he was there. They were balling. He got hurt. But he played enough, had enough impact to be on the team. So I, I got Bron, and I got Gobert. I got Tatum, obviously. Tatum's had a hell of a year. But uh, we differ on the guard. Um, I know you, Terry Young, that's actually a good But they're going to reward the one seed. I think Donovan Mitchell will be 13 uh-huh. in NBA. That's fair. Like I said, when, you, when these guys – like it's not a knock to me. Us having this discussion about how hard it is to keep guys off is really a testament to where the league is talent wise, especially at the guard spot. So it's not like it, it is hard. Like, like that's why I'm not even arguing with some of these guys. From like, you want to put CB3 on there? Like, fine, I'm not pushing back. You want to put, you know, you know, take Trey off and put Donovan Mitchell over there or CP? Like, I'm not, I'm not fighting any of that. That's that's just how talented yeah. the 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 league is. So. It's, it's, it was this was hard doing these teams, man. I was I was looking over for like twenty minutes, so that that's it'd be fun to see the the, the backlash from all this. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, you know, I had guys who I wanted there, but it's like realistic with who the voters are gonna look at. So that's kinda also how I did mine too. It's not just I'm gonna say who I want to see. I have to also think, well, who do the voters like, who's the media like throughout the year? Like that's that's another way I have to construct this list. That's also, yeah, it's also, yeah, it's also not who we want to win versus who we think will win. So, yeah, that's definitely something else to uh, to look at. All right, so there you have it. Those are awards. We will be back Tuesday night to record our playoff perform, our playoff predictions, go through every bracket, every matchup, yes, uh, give us our championship, our championship predictions. It will be out for you Wednesday before the play-in starts. Uh I know Kings, we both rooting for the uh, <laughs> the Wizards to end up in that seventh spot. You know, we want that that KD Russ in in the first round. I want it in a bad way. I just need, I need the Nets to go down one zero just for the chaos. <laughs> that that their, won't happen. Their, their, their fans is caught complete. They they, they <laughs> trying to they trying to do reverse psychology. They say I'm scared. Like bro, I just want to see a fun season. I ain't scared. It's not like y'all scared, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> You know how rest when rest go against KD, it's uh it's go time, man. I can't. I, I, I'm praying for that to happen. I, I need that basketball guys. If you hear me, I need that. Hey, I need remember that. I said that before the the year. I said I literally said that too before the year. I said rest, rest and KD. That's yeah, the Wizards first round. 
I think we both had Washington seventh. They have a chance to get there. It was just it was just a it was just a long road <laughs> to to get there. But anyway, again, uh hit that follow and subscribe button. Tap in with me and Kings. It's Kings Bro on Twitter, myself, DJ Maple 55 underscore MST. Follow, subscribe to the podcast, drop uh, reviews, feedbacks. We appreciate all of it. Thank you guys for tapping in. Playoff preview. Next episode, we are out of here. Peace, y'all. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.